Was that not awesome worship tonight? We, we show the band some appreciation tonight. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy. Thank you for, for everything y'all did tonight. And let's just give Jesus a clap. Let's give Jesus some attention tonight. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to those of you who've joined us online. Welcome here at our Concourse campus. My name is Tommy Peters. I'm the student pastor, and we are combining First Wednesday. We have adults and students in the room. What's up, everybody? Welcome. And we love to say this is home. We love to say this is home, that you belong here. No matter what you believe, what you did before you got here, what you look like, how much you make, what you don't make, you belong here. This represents the love of our God. You don't have to do anything to earn God's love. And so we believe here at the Journey Church, you should belong before you believe. You do not have to earn approval to be a part of this place. So we're so glad you came here. Let me open up with some prayer and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for this night. God, thank you for the worship. But God, as we open your word, God, I pray that these moments... God, I pray for these moments, and I pray that you bless the word, bless our time. God, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be sensitive to what you have to say. God, I pray against the distraction in this room. God, I pray against the distractions of this room that might try and keep us from hearing what is, going, what is taking place in your word. God, I give these moments to you, not our will, but your will be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Um, I want to just kind of take you through a moment in time that I had about two weeks ago where I was on Instagram like a good pastor. I was getting ready for a message, and I was using Instagram. <laughs> and I ran across a post that I thought was very interesting. And so uh, it's some kids where a teacher, a third-grade teacher, asked her kids to write a letter to God. And kids are brutally honest, would you agree? They're honest about your cooking. They're honest about what you're wearing. Come on now. And so this teacher, she asked her kids to write a letter to God. And so I have a couple of those here for you. Would you read these with me? These are hilarious. Here's the first one. Y'all throw it up on the screen. They're going to be right there. It says here, dear God, did you mean for giraffes to look like that or was it an accident? I mean, if we could be truthful, those things are weird. Modern bronchosaurus or whatever that you know, dinosaur is. Anyways, the next one. The next one. I went to this wedding, God. Dear God, I went to this wedding. They kissed right in church. Is that okay? <laughs> Thoughts of children. It's amazing. Next one. Dear God, if you gave me a genie lamp like Aladdin, I will give you anything you want except for my money or my chest set. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all got some kids. Some of y'all got some little sisters and brothers. How many of y'all know we've all done this prayer? God, just give it to me. I love how they said, except for my money and chess set. That's amazing. All right, next one. Dear God, on Halloween, I thought this was appropriate, I'm going to wear a devil's costume. Is that all right with you? <laughs> next one. Dear God, oh, this is my favorite. Pastor, this is my favorite. I bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. There's a message in there somewhere. I think, this is the, I think this is the last one. Here we go. Dear God, thank you. Yes. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but I prayed for it was a puppy. <laughs> I love the honesty and the truthfulness of kids. 
I love it. And I think what I want tonight is I think we need to be honest as well. Honest with ourselves and honest with God. Honest with ourselves and honest with God. Honesty opens the door for maturity. I'm going to say that again. Honesty opens the door for maturity. And immaturity is marked by someone who's not taking themselves honestly. Immaturity is marked by someone who doesn't do a job, a good job of self-evaluation. Checking on the heart and checking on the conditions of life. Here's the thing, when you're honest with yourself and spiritually honest with God and you start to be honest, you start doing business because you die to pride. If you want to die to the pride in your life, begin with an honest evaluation of yourself and then be honest before God. And everything I'm saying, make sure you know I'm not pointing at you, I'm bringing it back to myself. Because it's very easy to allow your spiritual life to become immature. A lot of times we're guided by our feelings and our heart. Remember culture says this, especially in your Disney movies, hey, do what feels good. Students hear me say this all the time. Do what feels good. Do what feels right. Go by how you feel. But how many of y'all know you might feel one day and feel something the next? And what you felt on Tuesday may not be how you feel on Friday. And yet we make long-term decisions on fleeting momentary feelings. <laughs> I believe it's time we could be honest with ourselves and honest with God. I have a question for you tonight. This is going to be the crux, the main point of what I'm trying to get to tonight. When was the last time you asked Jesus to check your heart? When was the last time students, adults, grandparents, parents, single working mom, dad, when was the last time you just took a second to say, I need to be honest with God? I need God to check the condition of my heart. Jeremiah 17.9 written by a Hebrew a long time ago. The book, he wrote the book of Jeremiah. He wrote it to a group of people that would be in exile. And he wrote these words, and they still ring true today. He says this. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things. Now, in Western culture, modern culture, we think heart, we go right to the physical, you probably imagine a physical heart pumping blood. But Jews, and this word specifically, is only found in the Bible one time. This specific way it's used. And that word means the, intent, the intellect, the will, and the emotional intelligence. Now I want you to stop and think about that. He's saying that our emotions, the will, which is the choice, and the emotional intellect is deceitful above all things. Now, that puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Now, here's the thing. When we say yes to Jesus, I want to make it clear. When you say yes to Jesus, God transforms you. But how many of y'all know we live in the flesh? I'm not in heaven right now last time I checked. And so I have to deal with the temptations of the world and how it will attack my heart. And the thing I don't want us to do tonight is, when was the last time we checked our heart? When was the last time we were honest before God? See, Jesus was a masterful, masterful storyteller masterful. See, today we have Disney Plus. 
right? I feel like storytelling is like long gone, but now it's just materialized into streaming services, right? YouTube, millions and billions of downloads. They're trying to tell you and communicate a story. $800 PlayStation 5s. These are how we are entertained in the modern era. In the original, in, back in the OG, in the, back in the day with Jesus, they did not have Disney Plus. Shocker, I know. They didn't have their phone to ask for, you know, DoorDash. So your mom and dad could DoorDash you lunch at school. Y'all get that? Does anybody get their parents to DoorDash them lunch? Woo, that's awesome. I got one hand. My mama said if I forgot food, I'd be hungry. Oh, I got some parents clapping. They didn't have NFL Red Zone. They didn't have the World Series on your phone when you're trying to watch the Braves win at work. I had to give y'all a shout out tonight, even though it was on a Tuesday and no one was watching. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The art of story, the art of communication, the, 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 way story, the way something was told was through stories. And Jesus was so good. He did it with parables, and he did it in such a way that would grasp the attention of everyone that was listening. And he shared an incredible parable to try and get the attention to get people to realize a situation which is checking your heart. And it's found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23. I'm going to read it in just a second. But before Jesus gives the answer and tells the disciples the meaning of the story, because behind every story is a meaning, he gives the parable. He tells everybody this amazing story of a farmer. The farmer has some seed. Now, these are tiny, but here they are. I don't know if you can see it. There's, there's seed in here, right? He says there's this farmer, and he gets these seed, and he casts them out, and he's planting them. And some of the seed... It falls on a footpath, a sidewalk, and that seed gets eaten up and burnt up because there's nowhere for the seed to take root in the harsh conditions. Some of the seed gets cast into rocky soil, and the roots, Jesus says, the roots start to go and the plant starts to grow, but because the roots can't get down deep into the rocky soil, the sun, the harshness of the sun destroys the plant because the root system can't go any further. Then Jesus says there's some seed that the farmer casts into thorny and thorny uh, grounds that have thorns in it. And, and, and the roots and the plants start to come up, but they get choked out by the thorns. Then Jesus says some of the seed, somebody say some of the seed, gets cast into good soil. And it grows and it multiplies 30, 60, and 100 times. It's good soil. Someone say good soil. Jesus told parables. Now, if you study scripture, what Jesus is trying to say is you are the soil. It represents your heart. And the seed, watch this, represents the gospel. It represents the good news. It represents the message of Jesus Christ, like we just did with the communion. It, message, it sends the message that Jesus died for your sin, that God loves you. It's the gospel message. The soil represents your heart. Someone say, my heart. It represents you. It represents me. And what happens when the gospel is planted in our lives? There is so much potential in the seed, but it has to be planted in the appropriate soil. 
Now, I'm going to read the scripture for you. The verses will be up on the screen. Matthew 18. Now, Jesus is giving the meaning behind what just happened. It says, Matthew 8, 13, 18 through 23. Now, listen, Jesus says, to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message of the gospel or the kingdom, don't understand it. Then the evil one comes, snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Verse 20, the seed on rocky soil with the rocks represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 22, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's words, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as been planted. Remember, you are the soil. Someone say, I am the soil. I'm going to break down how each of these soils represents the heart of an individual. And what happens when that gospel reaches the heart. Because listen, church, there is going to come a time in life for many of us. Maybe you're in this room tonight and you've never accepted Jesus Christ. You are that first soil. There's going to come a time in life where someone like right now is going to preach the gospel. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe this is six months from now and you're watching. Maybe this is your first time here. And you hear the gospel message. There's going to come a time where that gospel is preached. And it's going to fall in your life. And you have the choice to accept it and receive it or deny it. Because guess what? There's going to be some temptations to believe it or not believe it. Come on. the Temptations like you get this in school all the time. I'm sure students, Jesus isn't real. Christians are fake. The gospel isn't for today. The Bible contradicts itself. This is the temptation that comes. The evil one is trying to come and steal that gospel message. Now you still have the choice to receive it, but that's the temptation and it represents a heart that has not been tilled before God. One that's not, watch this, repentant. There's also going to come a time in life where some of the soil, some of our hearts, are like that rocky soil. Where things in life and circumstances and problems come. Cancer hits your family. COVID shakes the world. Your parents lose a job. Your parents get divorced. Maybe your boss will not leave you alone and will not give you that raise you have been working so hard for. Circumstances are crowding, and the soil of your life has gotten hard. And when the gospel is preached, maybe on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, you hear it, you're excited, but you go back out to the normal Tuesday, the Thursday at school, and you're like, you know what, this is too hard. And the gospel, it just starts to wither away. That, 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 that plant won't grow, and it looks more like this. It wilts. It dies. There's going to come in time in life students and adults, where your character is challenged. And you have to determine if the gospel is worth it. 
or what you feel in your heart and what the world says around you is more important than Jesus. Now, I know this is a strong message, but I think it's time that we do business with God and check our heart. Because you don't have to be a teenager or an adult to deal with these issues. No matter what age you are, how many of y'all know, life punches hard. Students, as you get older, life punches hard. And we have to determine if the gospel good news, if we're going to allow it to wilt in our life, or we're going to let it flourish. There's also going to come a time for some of us in this room or watching online where life gets a little thorny. The circumstances around us become a little thorny. And Jesus says the thorny ground represents those that are lured by the things of this world and lured by wealth. Social media, your friends' opinions, your offenses. Popularity, not being popular. These kinds of things in the world, they try to twist their way into your life so it chokes the very gospel message. Those thorns in your life, remember you are the soil, want to prevent the gospel from flourishing in your life. The devil does not want that. The enemy does not want that. The world does not want that. And it wants to weave its way into every fabric of your life. And I think sometimes we want to blame the devil and evil for the bad things. But what if it was a case of us just checking our heart? Where is my heart with God? Not my destiny and where I'm going to go to heaven. But where am I at right now with God? Are there things, are there thorns in my life that have twisted, that are choking me out? Is there rocky soil? Now, the last one is, is the soil that flourishes, right? I love this part. I think we all love this part because I think if we were going to be honest, I don't have like corn or anything, so I picked some flowers, all right? I think in all honesty, we want to look like this, right? We want our life to look like this. Would you agree? Nobody would willingly say, I want to look like this. I don't want the gospel in my life. I don't want my testimony to look like this. When people see a Christian, what do they see? Do they see me flourishing? I'm sorry, do they see me wilted or do they see me flourishing? You see, it's all about the soil. So when the, so when the seed is planted in good soil, what happens? It reaps a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times. Here's the thing. When you look at this plant, and it's in a clear jar so you can see the soil. When you see this plant in a field somewhere, you don't look at the seed of the the plant and say, wow, look at that soil. Look at that soil. It's amazing. That'd be silly, right? What do you do? Look at the flowers. That's how it is with the gospel. That's how it is with the gospel. It's not about looking at the soil, look at my broken self. I want Jesus, I want people to see Jesus, not the soil. I want them to see Jesus popping out in my life everywhere I go. Because because my heart is broken. My heart is broken, and it's only Jesus that can bring forth life. Now watch this. We might say, well, are you saying that the gospel message is going to die and will if I don't? No, 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 listen. Jesus can bring dead things back to life. 
So if your relationship with Jesus and your gospel testimony to the world looks like this, I got good news. He makes dead things come back to life. Maybe, maybe you're in this room and you gave your heart to Jesus a couple of weeks ago or you never have. Guess what? That seed can sprout just like that. But you know what it takes in order for the soil of your heart to change? It takes repentance. That word repentance, I, I really struggled with it as a teenager, but my dad gave me a great illustration. You're going this way and you say, no, God, no more. I'm going to turn and go this way. When you're faced with the good news of Jesus Christ and you accept it, you have no choice but to say it's not my way anymore, it's God's way. I've come to remind some people tonight and challenge us in this room, what is the condition of our heart? Is it rocky? Is it thorny? Or are we, are we, are we multiplying a harvest? Let me be clear, just because the plant doesn't grow or the seed has not sprouted, God, as I said, can revive what is dead and bring to life what has not come yet. It is the condition of our heart that determines the fruitfulness in our lives. It is the condition of our heart that determines the fruitfulness in our lives. And someone who has a repentant heart, God can use that way more than he can someone that's talented. Your talent will only take you so far, but repentance will bring you close to God. And I'd rather have God in my life than all the talent in the world, than all the friends and all the popularity. It starts in our heart. Here's what I want us to do. I'd like us to stand as I close. I got one more scripture as we close tonight. I love this scripture. It's, it's here for somebody. Colossians 2.7. It says this. It says, let your roots grow down deep into him. Let your lives be built on him. Who's him? Jesus. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. I've come here to ask tonight. What is the condition of our hearts in this room? Would you close your eyes? Don't look around. This is between you and God. This is not, this is, my assignment is to bring you the gospel. And I pray that as you see this plant on this stage, I pray that you would want your heart and your life to be this soil that is tender before God. Because he can only use a tender, repentant heart. He will not force himself or make you be a Christian. He will not make you repent of that sin. He will not make you change. He will push you. He will nudge you. But it is our responsibility to choose whether or not we will be repentant. So in this room, I ask, what is the condition of your heart? I'm going to let it sit for about 10 seconds. What is the condition of your heart? I believe there's some people in this room tonight that came and the condition of your heart is it has been hard towards God and you have never said yes to Jesus. You've never repented. You've never said yes to Jesus. You've been living your way, some other different way. But tonight as you hear that God loves you, your heart is being softened. I'm speaking to you in this room. If you've never said yes to Jesus, tonight is your chance. I'm also speaking to Christians in this room. 
this message hit me right between the eyes. What is the condition of your heart, Christian? Is it rocky? Is it thorny? Some of us need to repent. Some of us need to turn and let our roots grow down into him. There's so many things looking for our time. There are so many things that are trying to weave itself into our life. But when we give our time to God and we repent, God can do something incredible. So in this room, I'm just going to say a prayer of repentance. First, for those in this room, if you want to say yes to Jesus, this is your moment. And then my next prayer is going to be for Christians. So in this room, all of us together, would you say this prayer? Everyone out loud, would you say this prayer? Say, Heavenly Father. I surrender. Forgive me of my sin. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you died for me and rose again. I surrender. I wave the white flag. I give you my life in Jesus' name. And right now I'm going to say a prayer, and you can repeat it after me, or you can do it in the quietness of your heart. God, I surrender. I repent. I repent in the name of Jesus. You could do this in your own space, in your own heart, or out loud. Just say, God, forgive me. I repent. I turn from my own ways. God, I've been living for myself. You insert that thing. God, my heart is rocky. I'm pressed on every side with the problems of this world. I've not been allowing your word of God in my life. I'm not spending time with you. God, there's these thorns in my life. God, I pray that you would work in my heart. Forgive me. I repent tonight. God, help me where I am weak. Help me, Father. Forgive me. Use me. Make me a living sacrifice so that my life can be an example to the whole world. So my life can be a witness to Jesus and to the entire world. Forgive me. Use me. I surrender. Till the soil of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. In this room tonight, if you said yes to Jesus, and that was your first time, when I dismiss, I'm going to be standing right here at the front. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to give you a Bible. If you meant business with Jesus tonight and you're repenting and going the other way, I challenge you to get in a small group, get in church, and make some boundaries and things that will help you keep those things in the right place. Thank you for being here tonight. We kick off the Island Campus this Sunday. Thank you for being here tonight, and we love you. And our series starts this week. We love you. We'll see you.